The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a great show for you guys today. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, we have the incredibly talented Jacob Young, and then we have country singer Aaron Lacombe coming on. I think it's going to be a blast. Um, before we get started, let me say hi to my cool, outrageous man about town coast, Mr. Ron Russell. You got to speak up to remember you're over here. Come on, let's go. See if I don't say anything. The show would never have been number 11. Now, I feel that if Jimmy wasn't on this show, it would have been number one. But since Jimmy's on the show, we're at number 11. But it's better to be. No one even knows what you're talking about. You have to tell oh, them. Oh, we won something. I don't know what it is. We but... got named number 11 celebrity interview show in the world. Right. That's what it is. That's actually anyway, a big deal. Um, I just made a joke. But it's fun being nominated for anything, to be recognized for what you do. And like I wrote on Facebook, I said, if all of you out there who don't like Ron Russell's foul mouth, well, we came in number 11. So there must be a lot of people who like my foul mouth. <laughs> That's hilarious. So what's up, you guys? We got a great show for you today. We're um, in Jimmy's uh, toy room, as you can tell. He's got all these things around. Uh, we're getting ready for Halloween. And before Halloween comes, we will rotate the camera and show you the thousands of things he has here. I mean, he's been collecting for years. He's got monsters and vampires and ghouls and zombies and superheroes and even us. Yeah, everything. Anyway, let's say hi to the chat room. What's up, chat room? Teresa Saban from Florida is in the chat room. B. Claudia, please hey, do pics again, B, especially for our first guest. Um, Angela Joseph, who said her mother loved you. Oh, I, uh, I, Angie, I hope I didn't upset your mom with your boobs. But, you know, I like <laughs> bo no, I like boob jokes. Years ago, when I did nightclub, if there was a woman in the audience with gigantic boobs, I always pointed out, made a joke about it, and they absolutely loved it. I mean, they would tell me after the show, and Ron, that joke about my boobs was so funny, and because <laughs> women with big boobs want their boobs noticed. That's like men with huge dicks, okay? They like their dicks to be noticed and for people to say, wow, you got some hung banana there. You know. She said that she loved it and that her mom thought that Angela handled it very classy. Angela, <laughs> Angela's a classy broad. You know, she's got broad. well, she's got 27 children and 3,000 grandchildren. You know, she's a woman of, of activity. 
We want to also say hi to Lady Lake. Music is in the chat. Hey, room. Lady People Lake, how are you doing, now. We're going to have a lot of fun for you guys today. Um, we have really two great guests, and uh, we were actually already on the line earlier with Jacob Young and got to say hi to him. You guys are going to, like, love him. And uh, I hope you do guys like my collection. If you see that's behind there, that's like Luke Skywalker. And that's Gene Hackman and uh, the guys from no, the Luke Skywalker. Is that the guy that was supposed to be in Mark the movie? Mark Hamill. We're going to do a movie I'm with him in January. I'm going to do a movie with Mark Hamill. And I think he's in my scenes, or I'm in his scenes. So I'll be working with Mark Hamill. That's exciting because um, I never met her. But Debbie Reynolds was my good friend. I knew Debbie. But I never met her daughter uh, who played... What did she play? Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Princess Leia. And um, when I see him, I'm going to ask him questions about her. She was a, she adored her mother. Uh, Debbie told me. In fact, the last time I spoke to Debbie Reynolds was on the phone. I was, uh, Jane Russell asked me to ask Debbie Reynolds to be in a charity uh, function that we were doing because Jane Russell's church needed a new roof. So I called up Debbie and she said, oh, Ron, I can't talk to you right now. I said, why? She said, my dog died. I said, Debbie, I feel so bad. She said, call me tomorrow. So I called her the next day and she said, oh, Ron, I can't talk right now. My daughter's outside beeping the horn in the car. We have to go pick out a coffin for my dog. So that was Debbie. Debbie Reynolds was a fun lady with a foul mouth. She kept up with me. Uh, just a lovely, lovely person. And I'm so sorry I never got to meet her daughter. And her daughter is... Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Uh, as you know, they both have passed on. But I would have loved to have met Carrie. I know Debbie spoke so highly of her. She really adored her. Actually, we just watched a movie with Debbie on the other night on Tubi. We watch a lot of Tubi, yeah. you guys, because like, it's got like a lot of fun old yeah. movies. And I, I kind of miss Debbie. Brooks. And I'm sorry that Jimmy never met Jane Russell. Mr. Blackwell or Debbie Reynolds, because they were really uh, close friends of mine. Yeah, I would have loved it. Yeah, and they were a fun little group of of superstars of yesteryear. So I want to also thank everybody for all the well wishes for my knee. I got all the little tapes taken off last night, so now all I have is like a ten inch scar. And and I told him, and I'm working on bump. I said if he wears black fishnet stockings, the scar will never show. That's right, and I can and I can bend it almost ninety degrees now, so it's getting better. So he can get back on his knees. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't be a pig. <laughs> I didn't say a word. You can get back on your knees and you can I help can, me. I can barely walk. No, he's got to get back on his knees so he can help me put the patio tiles down on the patio. Yes, absolutely. Which we're working on. That's what I meant, you filthy pig. And our bathroom now is getting remodeled, you guys. The guys are coming tomorrow to start remodeling our bathroom. More plaster flying all over. Oh, I hate it. That's right. I really do. It's going to be a lot of fun. But our so. house is really starting to look stupendous. And with the new movie star bathroom that we're doing is the new design. Today, they don't have closets and bathrooms separate. Now you walk into a bathroom, that's your dressing room closet. I think Carrie started that in Sex in the City with her <clears throat> um, dressing room bathroom. <clears throat> so we need that because when Jimmy and I were dressing in the old bathroom, it was tight. We bang into each other. It was just uncomfortable. So I got rid of all the walk-in closets. I knocked them down myself. And now we have different closets. And the room is enormous. It's, a, it's going to be a very beautiful a bathroom dressing room. Yes, it's going to be I'll, a lot I'll take of fun. pictures. It'll be on Facebook. Once we get going. When it's done. 
So before we bring on our first guest, and uh, since I know he's here, we're going to bring him on, but we want to just tell everybody and thank everybody for uh, uh, listening every week. You can hear us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, YouTube, obviously, um, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, Amazon Prime, and SoundCloud. Those are our biggest platforms. Um, We're on about 150 more, but those are the platforms basically everybody uses and everybody knows. Um, so, uh, uh, so we want to thank everybody for like, uh, listening every week and helping us, you know, develop the show, make the show bigger and have a good time with everybody. We hope you guys enjoy it. And we're very happy to be the top, one of the top celebrity podcasts in the world. So oh, I almost fell asleep. Do that. So now we're going to bring on our first guest, you guys, let's bring him on, make sure we can hear him. And then I'll do a great introduction. Hello. Hello. Here he is. Well, hello. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Ron. This is awesome. I'm so Hello. excited. So he doesn't really know who you are, so I'm way more excited because I, I followed you. <laughs> I, I know his name is Jacob. There you go. And so hold I, on. And I instructed all the girls and ladies out there, make sure your batteries and your vibrator are new. <laughs> yeah. So your vibrators don't cock out at that moment. So I'm going to introduce you. All right, everybody. Why, why are you laughing? You're so good looking. How many women go after you? The broads throw themselves at you. It's, you it's countless. I, I, I don't know. I, it, I can't ever remember the last count. I, I, I just lost the, I lost the number. <laughs> I mean, you've been on every soap opera there is. You're the heartthrob of the soap world and act and movies. And, you know, women fall in love with TV people because they may be in a marriage with an ugly, fat slob that they have to look at and vomit from. So they see a cute <laughs> thing like you and they get fantasies. You know, well, that's of- what it was made for. It, it's a fantasy. But listen, listen, you know, also the one thing you don't know, he's also like a heartthrob singer. Like, so he started we'll, out, which we'll we're going to talk that. about it, we'll but he's a that. singer. A phenomenal right right singer. now I'm working on his face. We'll get to the singing later. The teeth, what pretty teeth he has. No, wait a minute. <laughs> now, wait a second. Do you think if you were born ugly, you'd be where you are today? Oh, no, absolutely not. So, you know, you're a piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Hey, the, you know, the shoe fits. Palm Springs, every fairy's watching this show. <laughs> Moaning is one of my favorite places. Oh, that's awesome. You have to let us know when you're coming. We'll have you over for dinner. You and your yeah. wife and children. Yeah, he's married. You got to that, you big mouth fuck. Why'd well, you do that? I didn't even introduce him yet. Let me introduce no, him. No, but I want our girls to think he's single. Sex symbols. Hold on, let's do an introduction. Sex right. symbols like him should never say they're married. <laughs> Because it kills the fantasy of the woman. Uh, you know, there was care. an actor I knew years ago. I got, I can't remember his name, but he was a he, person I met who was gorgeous, an older, you know, golden Hollywood actor. And he said, I never wanted the audience to know that I was married because I would lose fans. Why can't I remember who? It'll come to me if I think. Talk. I said, thanks. So we're going to introduce him. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Actor, singer, producer, multiple Emmy nominee and winter winner, winner, uh, multiple Emmy nominee and winner, Jacob Young. Hello and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate a, the time. We have a chat room full of people, so please say hi to everybody in the chat room. Oh, hello, everybody in the chat room. There you go. Hello, everybody <laughs> in the chat room. And then uh, Cindy Lady Lake uh, is a really huge fan, so just say hi Look, to Cindy. Lady Lake said you're adorable. Yeah, she's, adorable. she's talking about how cute you are and everything, so say hi to Cindy for us. Now, she's Lady, Lady, Lady Lake, if you want to date with him, how far would you go? <laughs> would you put out or just oh, say? She's, she's, she gets embarrassed easily. Oh, she's no, never going to answer. I'll, I'll break her out of her show. <laughs> would you go all the way or would you say I'm a good girl and the marrying kind? <laughs> 
She hasn't answered yet. She just wrote yes, yes, yes. So it's all good. She probably fainted. So you already know, Ron. You know me. We want to welcome you to the show. Uh, I've been a big fan uh, since since the General Hospital days. I didn't actually see your first soap opera. Believe it or not, I was a big fan of your music before you as an actor. I, I knew who you were from General Hospital. I bought your very first album. Oh, yeah. It had a yellow cover, right? It had a yellow cover, and you had like yeah. a... I think a black sleeveless shirt and you look like the hottest boy band guy, like on the planet. <clears throat> well, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that I was, uh, yes. Well, thank you for, for that because, uh, sometimes I even like forget about those days. It was that I was signed under Artemis records, Danny Goldberg and Daniel glass, of course, who were responsible for numerous artists like the Eagles and Jeff Buckley and just on and on and on the cardigans, big pop groups, uh, like Hanson, um, and so, uh, that was, yeah, that was, uh, it was 1999, 2000. We started recording the deal was put together. And, um, unfortunately that, that album, the single came out on nine 11, which was, we just recently had the anniversary of, and, uh, that came out on 2001, nine 11. So oh, wow. I did this entire cross country tour that had gone, I mean, literally from Rhode Island to California met with the president of clear channel at the time. And they had a life-size cutout of me in every single warehouse across the country. And this thing was, it was staged to do what it was supposed to do. At least the single was. And um, unfortunately, the single was called Life is Good. So it was, it was, it was uh, wrong. Just say my point was one, even the fairies loved you back then. <laughs> <laughs> this big queen over here. I'm a big boy band person though. I like You're all the, big fruit. I like the, I love all, I've always liked all the boy band. I'm producing a movie with a bunch of boy band guys in it now. Uh, from Nice. Mexico. And stuff, and uh, and well, I have to say, I, I love the toy collection. By the way, um, I have a dear, dear friend who has been in the toy business, owns warehouses of of. If it's a toy that you're looking for, he could find it. He's, I'm not sure you may have even met him if you if you're an avid toy collector. His name's Mark Huckabone. He's he's really eccentric, oh, I, crazy guy. I, know, I don't know him, but I know who he is. And basically, so my office. <laughs> It has just a little walkway to get to my desk, but I have every inch of the space covered uh, with action figures. Uh, half of it's all autographed to me from the people. And I also collect action figures of, from the people who've been on the show, because many of the people who've been on our show have action figures. It's all superheroes and, and uh, superheroes and horror movie. Well, damn it. I need an action figure now. Yeah, we got to get you an action figure. <laughs> we have dolls. Jimmy and I have dolls made. Yeah, there's a doll of us. Somebody made of us. The two of us sitting next to each other, and Jimmy's hands on my thigh. I mean, really. That's very, that's very sweet. <laughs> I mean, How very intimate you? moment. Really. You had to put his hand oh, on my thigh. Actually, so Cindy Lady Lake in the chat room asked, sent a thing saying, true or false, You were, were you supposed to be a member of a famous boy band? Because that's what the rumor was back in the day. Wow, that is a rumor. That, that's the first rumor that I've ever heard. But no, that, that is false. Okay, uh, false, Cindy. Uh, but, but, uh, but I like I like where the rumor mill's going right now. Let's keep it up. <laughs> but Jacob, what are you doing now? You're soaping or filming or what? No, so I left. I left daytime. Uh, I've been you know doing daytime for years and years. I've, I'm almost 22 years. I was in daytime. I started when I was 17 on all, uh, Bold and the Beautiful uh, yeah. for a few years, and went on a General Hospital and all my children in New York in those days, and then it transferred over to Los Angeles. And then once that show was canceled, Bold and Beautiful was like, hey, can you come back and reprise your role on Bold and Beautiful? So I spent another six years doing that, um, but realized I really had a lot more ambitions that I wanted to be pursuing. And one is pr producing movies, being in film. Uh, just when you're under contract, a lot of people don't understand this. They always go, well, you're on a TV show. You should be doing X, Y, Z. Well, what they don't understand is when you are 
wanted, which is a wonderful thing, you're under a contract. And unfortunately, you're not available to do other things. No, it's true. I did a lot of TV in my lifetime. And they never said, Ron, do a movie. Because they felt that TV actors were not qualified to do movies, which is bullshit. Because look at all the beautiful TV stars that have gone on. Look at uh, Charlize Theron. She was a soper. I mean, so many wonderful actors and actresses have moved on. So wait, do you like, so, okay, so hold on, let me tell everybody that again so we can brag a little. So first of all, because you had one of the most coveted like roles in daytime when you became Lucky Spencer, you know, the son of Luke and Laura and Luke and Laura was such a big deal. That was when I was in college. Uh, well, like the big Luke and Laura wedding and everything, which I know your way after that. Um, but so you guys, he was on General Hospital, a couple episodes of One Life to Live, All My Children, 843 episodes, <laughs> The Bold and the Beautiful, 984 episodes. I mean, that's some serious shit. Yes, it is serious shit. It's, it's, it's two, over 2,000 episodes of soap operas. Um, oh, and yes, I, Jacob, yeah. before I forget, I got to answer this question. What no, how many pages have had? What is the most pages you had to learn in a live soap in a day? In a yeah. day. So, so what started happening? It was like you know, you know, as the viewership started falling off of these other soaps. Because when I first started, there was probably twelve of these soaps that were still on air, and you know, eventually started falling off, falling off, and so they started going. Well, how can we make it? cheaper and faster and better maybe they were always like well it's gonna be better but what happened was is they said well let's stop shooting this five days a week let's go ahead and give you four days a week we'll give you the friday off but you're gonna shoot eight to ten episodes within those four days and so if you happen to be in a heavy storyline even in a day sometimes three episodes Shoot, you could be almost doing nearly 90 pages of dialogue. And I've been I in memorized 90 pages. Just it's like literally opening a, a, a full you know film script, basically. I'm in a movie, I get three lines, I have cue cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens in 82. <laughs> you know, I you know it, I remember my lines. It I wasn't have- somebody told me recently and i have to agree it's you know and i this is something i've said to a lot of guys you know i i mentor and uh, over the years is it's always when you have the few lines they're the hardest to remember once you're in in, inside the scene and you're doing the monologues and all that it seems like it just flows but it's like because here you go it the line's coming up they said the line it's going to the girl it's coming back to the guy and here's my line and then it's hard to get that out Absolutely. You know, I never thought of it that way. Years ago, I had paragraphs to remember, and it was easier. Now they give me, like I said, I mean, and out camera, you know, Ron's on, Ron's off, Ron's on. And that's fucking annoying because I have to remember, and am I supposed to talk now or this bitch going to keep going? So it really is harder work when you're doing one and two liners. But today, that's all they write. You know, the writers today don't write soliloquies like years ago. I mean, years ago, we had stories. We had backup stories in the one paragraph so the audience knew who we were, where we came from, and what we're doing. Today, there's no um, start, middle, and end. Right. This is, it's true. Yeah, I know. Tom Kanan, who's my really close buddy, he had to learn 42 pages one day, and I almost dropped it. I said, <laughs> Sean, are you serious? <laughs> You had to learn 42 pages of dialogue. Uh, he just I told you he did 90. Yeah, I know, but I, I would have told him, to show up your ass, I'm leaving. Well, 42 pages? What happens if you fuck it up, though? Like, because we heard, we heard, Live this is what people said. 
you're screwed. Yeah. Like they've also said, like in soaps, like if you if if you become a regularly that you can't remember your lines, they'll get rid of you and get somebody else. Oh yeah, well now nowadays, like if you can't even step up to the plate and just put two words together, they're just like you're gone. They don't even they don't even waste any time. Um, I know Sean very well. Sean's a great friend of mine. And oh, yeah, I, I know he's had his, his, you know, the brunt of a lot of work over the years. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the truth. If, if you can't, you can't hang with the crowd and especially the people that have been on these shows for 10, 15 years and you're a brand new newbie and they think, oh, wow, this is going to be the next it person that's going to turn the ratings around. Suddenly you're gone. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I have trouble on separate lines, but now I have a plug. Like everybody else's, you know, Meryl Streep, all of the old bags my age, they all have earplugs because nobody can remember anymore. They're shot. <laughs> so I have an earplug. So if I have to do a long, which I don't get, but if I had to do a long, <laughs> you know, commentary, I, I've fed the lines. You Johnny Depp uses an earplug. So if Johnny yeah, can well, do it. Brando did that. Uh, I know there's been several, several, you know, great actors over the years. I, everybody I know that's an old big has an earplug now. You know, so, when you get old, your brain has had so much information in your brain because you're 100, you know? So you cannot remember anything new. But I could give you dialogue from Charlie's Angels 45 years ago. Why is it I still remember but my lines in Charlie's Angels? Well, it's, I, it's funny you mentioned that because I worked with the late, great David Canary, and David Canary was, you know, absolute, you know, icon in daytime television, of course, because he was known for these two characters that he played, Adam and Stuart, on All My Children, uh, worked across, you know, uh, against, you know, Susan Lucci and all these people. He was in uh, Bonanza. He worked in movies with Paul Newman. The guy was, you know, he's legendary and and, I'm, and worked on Broadway. And, uh, you know, towards the end, I think, and this is just my theory, and this just goes for anybody who's trying to learn that much dialogue cram it in your brain and forget it by the, you know, the end of the day. Um, I think it wears on, it wears on you mentally as far as like, you know, what you are able to absorb and let go. And I think it might, I think I'm probably going to end up having Alzheimer's disease because of it. I, you know, they're always <laughs> oh, saying like, well, aspirin is going to cause Alzheimer's or this is going to cause Alzheimer's. Well, I think if you try to memorize too much stuff and try to get rid of it, I think it's going to end up being that way because I have to say Absolutely my memory is not, not quite what it was. No, Jacob, it's good exercise for the brain. Really, your crossword puzzles are too. No, I'm I'm 82 years old, and I've met other people my age. They don't even know where they are. Right. You know, they're they're comatose. So I think it's because I've had to learn uh, to read lines and to memorize them that my brain is exercised. However, what extent, I don't know, but, you know, whatever extent it is. Susan Lucci was my neighbor. When I lived in Long Island, Garden City, New York, yeah. and my daughter Deirdre used to play with her daughter. Uh, I knew Susan well. Um, she was so skinny. She still is. I mean, she never ate. Because I asked, I was in the supermarket one day. I ran into her. We were shopping. I said, what are you doing in the supermarket? She said, why shouldn't I be here? I said, you're so skinny. You don't eat. I said, <laughs> you live on water. She said, no, I eat. I said, well, what do you eat? You're so skinny. She said, I don't eat a lot. I eat very little. And I she was mostly vegetables and stuff. Yeah. But um So hang on, I wanna like so I wanna do some bragging. So these are all people that we've had on our show, and I'll bet you've worked with almost all of them. Um 
Uh, so, and we're friends with all these people. So we have Carolyn Hennessy, who's Love actually her. not on Love too long her. ago. Love you, Carolyn. Uh, if you're John, John Lindstrom. Yes. Oh, Ian, Ian Buchanan. Oh, of course. Sean Kanan, yes. Ron Moss. Oh, the two of the best. Michael Damien. Oh, Michael. Tristan Rogers. Tristan is a dog. Stephen yeah. Martinez is a, has been a friend of mine for like 20 years. Um, I don't know. Kimberly Brown. Kyle Louder. Sam Behrens, who was on General Hospital, but I think he was on before you. Yeah, uh, he's Jake. He, he's uh, Sherry Belafonte. Sherry Belafonte, who is also we, on there. For and a we few. love Sherry. She's a good friend. And Katie McLean. And Katie McLean. Yeah, I know. I there's there's more. Those are the ones I could think you know of what? right off the bat. Everybody. Oh, and Judith Chapman. Yes, everybody <laughs> mentioned Judith Chapman. She was on Young and the oh, Rest. Sure. Yeah, I think Judith all but three of those people I have I've not worked with. Who haven't you worked with? Well, just Which, I just think it was three of them. Uh, but I worked with. Uh, well, you said Belafonte. I think with her. Did I work? I know it wouldn't have been no, but good buddy. So yeah, but uh, no, it was just a few people that you mentioned that I hadn't worked with. But I'm everybody I everybody I have otherwise. Did you ever work with Judith Chapman? Yes. Don't invite her to your house for a party. She steals your drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does. She runs around when nobody's looking, drinking their drinks. So, do you think it's by? Let me see. Like, you know, here's the thing. I'm the kind of like uh, person who gets a little tipsy and forgets what drink that I'm drinking. Sometimes I'll go, I'm like, oh, it's that, there's my martini. Everybody's. <laughs> you, think, you think it's by accident or she's actually drinking everybody's drinks and they're not looking? No, she she's does. a social butterfly. Because I watched her and I've watched people look in their glass and try to figure out, did I drink that drink? <laughs> Judith drank it. I love Judith. She's a very pretty lady. I did a thing for her. Uh, she was doing a wonderful play called The Noose which is an old piece of work. And I'm so sorry it didn't get produced, but I'm hoping, Judith, if you're watching, get Noose produced. It's a good script. He did a little work on that one. Yeah, too. I worked on that. Yeah. So also, I went on your IMDb because, oh, I left some people out because uh, because uh, you're working on a movie called Chosen. And actually, Bobby Eakes and David Steen lived here. Now they moved to Georgia, but they've both been on the show. And we love Bobby and Eakes. And you have that with Nick. Uh, and then you have another one, Blood Let Before. Let me just talk about Bobby Eakes. I love Bobby. Is the epitome of Southern charm. She sure is. And she li doesn't live too far from me. I'm in Charleston. She's in, in uh, Savannah now. Oh, you're in Charleston yeah, now? Yeah, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I, thought cool you were, that? I thought you were out here. I just figured you were out here. <laughs> in, the la in the land of the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved away from that. That, you know, from, from that was that. smart. I, I thought that maybe you had a tent over the overpass on the LA freeway. Oh, wait, let me ask. far off from it. I mean, to afford those rent prices and, and own a home there, it's uh, let me Let me ask you a question. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you, in being in Charleston, is it harder for you to get work or not be? No, because everything is, because everybody knows you and everything is done over the internet anyway. Well, it's, that's a great question. And, you know, yeah, it, it, no, it's, it's not hard anymore because once COVID hit and I saw this, this was already starting to happen because whenever you're traveling, of course, your agent goes, Oh, by the way, you have this audition. Can you put it on tape? So the self tape became more and more uh, accepted. And eventually what has happened now with the COVID is, Obviously, everybody's working from home and they realize that they didn't need the office space. So now they're able to see a lot more actors. They're actually able to, to go through a lot more, which creates a little bit more competition. Uh, but but yeah, no, it's uh, you can be anywhere and everywhere. And Actors Access, of course, became such an instrumental piece for actors. And I tell everybody uh, that wants to be an aspiring actor, I'm like, sign up for Actors Access 
create your account, create your resume, get it out there. Now you can now you can do exactly what agents aren't doing for you because <laughs> most of the time they're not, you know, they're mm -hmm. missing jobs. So get they really and start being your best agent. Actors Access actually works then? Like I always kind of thought maybe it was like, a, I mean, I was on it like 20 years ago, but. Well, uh, not to be confused, of course, with like those, the, the stepchildren, like the shitty stepchildren, like, uh, you know, backstage or, uh, you know, uh, you know, casting, what is it, casting network? Yeah. The, 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 you know, Actors Access is now most, almost every breakdown is coming through there, especially for major TV arcs, um, other films, you know, so. Yes, it absolutely works, and it's it's a great asset for actors out there. Anybody who's inspiring to to do a little something. You can be in Florida, you can be in Texas, you can be anywhere in Minnesota, and sign up for an Actors Access account. Mm -hmm. That's but, cool. But not bragging about our show, which I do occasionally. <laughs> I have gotten messages from some people that have come on our show that said, "Guess what? I got work because of your show." Somebody was looking in and saw me and they forgot I was alive. And now suddenly I'm alive again. Paul Savino, who is a sweetheart and I, and I will always miss him because he was a terrifically wonderful guy, said to us, he moved to Pennsylvania and bought a farm and he loved the farm, but he wasn't getting any work. People thought he was dead. Yeah. So he moved back to Hollywood and suddenly was rebirthed. People saw him and hired him. So the one thing we know in our business is be visual as much as you can. That's why we have PR people to keep our names out there, to keep our faces out there. Because, you know, look at Madonna. Everybody forgot Madonna. How could you forget Madonna or Cher? You know, that was awesome. Then when we had Ron, so where do I where do I send the ten percent once I get tired? <laughs> Oh, you send the ten percent. Give it to uh, AIDS, AIDS benefit. <laughs> give it to the Elizabeth Taylor Foundation for AIDS research. There all you right. go. Now we'll get you work. Uh, people come to me all the time. No, like, it's true. I swear to you, I'm not lying. People I, I, have gotten work. Oh, I bet. I, absolutely. Well, right now, Jacob, we have five million people all over the world that come through our net. You know, we're not a podcast show just from a, a stupid TV. We go through a, <laughs> a studio. W4CY yes. is our call letters, and that goes all over the world. So right now, this show will be seen all over the world. So come on. Of course, you're going to get a response from somebody. Well, I love that. I love that. I, that can't hurt at all. Uh, no, it can hurt. It really can't. So I have another. So but you on. don't need it. I mean, you work your ass off. You know. I mean, I've been. This has been probably uh, yeah. Outside of stepping out of soaps, which is you know obviously was a great platform for me to be a part of for so many years, and being recognized by the you know Academy of Television and Arts for so many years with seven nominations and all that the great stuff that came with that the trappings, but. But I realized inside that I needed to be doing more and I need to be influencing a lot more people to follow their dreams. And, and so that's, you know, I, I've recently created a curriculum that is now being sponsored by Ford Motor Company, which is Ford Next Generation Learning, 140 schools across the country in the UK. And um, these kids who are all inner city and low income families that are have applied because they are reasonably smart and accepted to these school programs are now able to uh, follow a passion of TV and film because of this program that I put together with them. So like even just, you know, out, you know, stepping outside myself and going, Hey, I want to be doing this. I want to be a part of that movie. I want to do this things. I realized I wasn't a hundred percent satisfied because I wasn't able to completely give back 
to the next generation of artists that wanted to be in it. So, so that's something that I've been uh, really active in in awesome. the last few years of my life. That's very did you, cool. Did you ever do uh, the boards theater? Yes, the, the boards theater. Jim, are you here? Are your name is Jacob? I didn't know your name is Jacob. <laughs> Give me the. Could you lend me three thousand so I could divorce? He was him. on Broadway. Tell him about your little Broadway stint. Well, Yes. <laughs> yes, I was on Broadway. <laughs> what were you in? Can I have the floor, please, Mr. Stone? No. <laughs> what were you doing on Broadway? I was on Broadway once, but then they arrested me for hooking. <laughs> I was on Broadway in 42nd Street on the corner. I was hustling, and they busted me. That's not true. It was a joke. Okay, what, what did you do on Broadway? Well, when I was moving to New York, I realized, you know, this was a, another soap opera that I was going to be doing, which was All My Children. And the, a new producer who was stepping in, she had been producing another sister show on General, uh, of General Hospital called Port Charles. It was just a, a little spinoff that was there for a few years. And she, that show uh, went off the air and they decided that, you know, this Julie Carruthers, the producer who was a good friend of mine, they hired her on ex executive producer over at All My Children. Um, and she approached me and said, look, we'd love to have you come over. You've always been one of my favorites, which was all very nice. And I was like, well, I've kind of been trying to step away. I was doing a film with 20 uh, Searchlight, uh, Fox Searchlight at the time called The Girl Next Door. Great and movie. It, it's become very cult-like as far as it's following. It's such a coming of age. Actually, there's somebody in the chat room. His name is Martin. And he said that he met you on The Girl Next Door. I think he was probably in it. And he said you signed this DVD or maybe met you at the premiere. I don't know. But I know Martin. Hey, Martin, so say hi to Martin. Of course. Yeah, he's too I'll give you a little ancient history. In 1957, when I was 17, I dated Casey Michaels. Casey Michaels was a soap opera actor. And he was 35 and I was 17. You know what? Stupid kid. Anyway, I was so proud and thrilled to brag to everybody that I was dating Casey Michaels. And they all said, you're so full of shit. Why do you always lie? So that's what it was back in that day. You know, people didn't believe that ordinary folk could know celebrity folk. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, being denied by people that don't believe you or, or the fact just being able to well, know. About being friends with people who are not celebrity. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, my, my entire life is structured around people that are not celebrities because otherwise, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, you look, it's nice to have that famous friend, but it's also nice to have somebody to bounce all the real shit off of. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have them, then, then. That is so true, Jay. That was classic. So true. I have one dear friend, two dear friends in New York who I've known all my life since childhood, and I trust them, and they're my good friends. But being in the business, I have all uh, celebrity friends. Some are nice, some are nuts, some are real, some are, some are out there. Hey, no, we have to go back, though, because you asked him what he was on on Broadway. And we didn't yes. Get well, speaking of real friends, speaking of very real friends. Yeah, real uh, friends. The, so I, so what, I, what I did on Broadway is I was in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. I played Lumiere. Um, oh. And originally I had auditioned uh, and auditioned and auditioned and auditioned and didn't get it. But, this, uh, but the managing producer believed in me. He saw me do a Broadway care, Equity Fights AIDS. Uh, it was actually the 35th anniversary for all my children. And that night I had done something from the show Rent. 
And he had said he saw me and he said, you know, we were at the Rainbow Room of all places at at, uh, at 30 Rock. And he was said, did you ever consider doing Broadway? And the late, great Jimmy Mitchell, James Mitchell was was there as well. And uh, dear, dear friend of mine. And um, anyway, after multiple, multiple uh, going out, auditioning, being, you know, failing, 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 um, I ended up booking playing Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. And uh, in fact, he's in town and he's sitting right there. This is the managing producer of the Broadway musical Beauty and the Beast, Mark Rosano. Would you like to... Come like- over and say hi, hi Mark. Mark. <laughs> hey, what's hey. up, Mark? Nice to see you. How are you? Is this <laughs> a- Mark, Mark, that? He's tuned in right now with us because he's off of my mixer listening to uh, to the show. Oh, that's so, very uh, so I want to thank you, Jacob. Yeah. I want to thank you. On behalf of all the millions of people who are still alive today uh, and not dying from uh, HIV, that you did the Broadway Cares. I have been to them. I'm sure I've met you. I got an award from Broadway Cares. It's a round crystal thing with my name on it. It says Broadway Cares. Did yeah. you get one? I didn't get one of those. Uh, who do I? Who do I have to like call? Broadway Cares got one. Yeah, I'm surprised you did. But anyway, thank you for being in that show. I've seen all of them. I probably I don't remember meeting you because I don't remember anybody. But I'm sure. What what year was that? Oh gosh, that would have been two thousand and four, five, two thousand five. No, I I was not at that one. I was. It was it was a great event, and ultimately led to my Broadway run, which was only originally supposed to be three months. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was sort of falling you know, down the number as far as, uh, popularity. Um, and they were falling down in rankings and they didn't think that, you know, bringing this guy from a soap opera is, was going to make much of an impact. Uh, but, this, but Mark Rosano, who you just met, uh, he believed in me. He believed the vision. He knew it was possible. And he realized because ABC and Disney was not creating the synergy that it needed to be. They, you know, they were basically considering themselves as separate departments you know, it's nobody talks to I work for ABC, we're Disney, even though we're the same conglomerate. And he said no. Uh, and the very first day that it was announced that I was going to be in the show, there was a stack of, of uh, releases that hit Tom Schumacher's desk. Anybody knows who Tom Schumacher is, is head of Disney on Broadway. And, and Tom was like, who the hell did we just hire? Um, and the next thing you know, the show was in the top 10. Um, on its way out. Now, were you that. terrified? It's your first Broadway show, right? Oh, I was extremely now, Opening terrified. night. Opening night. Tell us about it. I will tell you about it. I want to tell you about something just before because I had gone through all the rehearsals, right, without the costume on. I've done all – I did all the dancing. I've been all the put-ins and just working with all the actors. They put this costume on me a week out of from the show to do the publicity shot for the, for the marquee, right. For the outside of the different uh, still photos. And I put this thing on and suddenly I'm like, wow, these are really heavy. I have no access <laughs> to my hands and I can't, these shoes are this wide. And I looked over at Mark Rosano, who's sitting next to me right now. And I said, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> I think you have to do it. <laughs> and at this point, I was like, he's like, oh, no, it's going to be just fine. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. How, do I, how am I supposed to? And they're like, well, 
long story long, got through that. And uh, we did the first three months and I was supposed to, because I was doing all my children simultaneously. So I was doing eight shows on all my children, seven shows a week on Broadway. And the numbers had just been fantastic for uh, ticket sales. So they said, would you mind doing another three months? And I said, sure. So, so you had to make a lot of money at least. But Broadway pays shit. Well, no, I mean, you know, it, it, I did pretty good. I ended up buying a Porsche because of it. So, no, no, people, okay, people, there you go. <laughs> people don't know. People do not know that Broadway players oh. are paid the least amount of money. He just said he made enough to buy a Porsche. Well, that's not a lot. Eight, eight shows a week to buy. Oh, a, seven, no, seven shows. He should have. Well, eight. Eight. I didn't do all eight. I ha I was able to take one of the matinees off. I mean, okay, listen, Cheetah Rivera, who I know well, knew well years ago. I think she said one time she made 500 bucks a week. On Broadway. No, you're absolutely right. I say this all the time to people that don't understand the Broadway, you know, because I have so many friends on Broadway and they're just not paid what they're worth. And, and the fact that they are even, even able to live in New York City based upon those salaries is it's my point. Yeah, but when Cheetah got 500, this was way back in 1960, whatever. And you could get a gorgeous one-bedroom apartment on the east side for three fifty a month. Imagine three hundred fifty bucks a month. So five hundred, I guess, was sort of in balance. You could buy a brand new car for five thousand bucks, right? I guess it was. We never answered. Your They're probably just delivering something. Hopefully. Right. Um, so anyway, okay, so hold on, let's go back. You guys shut up. The new Star Wars toy toy. Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars toy yeah. coming in. It could be, you never like know. Okay, so first of all, you guys too, you can follow Jacob on Instagram. He's at Jacob underscore W underscore young. Yeah, um, it's a little complicated. All the other Jacob Youngs took my name. So. Yeah, that's quite that's astro, hilarious. Astro um, so so uh Oh, so here's what I want to because I want to talk music a little bit. So you kind of started out as a pop star, boy band looking pop star. Now you're kind of like a country music star. Like, how did you go from from doing like the pop music to like? Because basically, you're like all the videos and stuff I saw and all the music I listened to is pretty much all country now. Right. Yeah. So I so I grew up in country music, um, and when I say this, it was you know I I grew up on a, a 300 acre ranch, beef cattle. My brother and I both rodeoed when we were kids and, you know, he continued on even through after high school and was ranked at one point, but I got into bull riding, but country music was always there. It was ever present when coffee was being put on, when I had to go feed the cows and it was always, it was just always there. So when I would write music personally, just myself, it always turned into a melody of a country song. So it obviously had enough influence on me that I needed to continue doing that. I was not going to fight that any longer. Um, when I was working on that first album and I was just a teenager, it's a little rebellious and I had a, I wanted to get a, you know, a rock producer, a guy, pop rock producer um, and try to push away from that. But it, it took me, you know, coming of age to really realize this is what I really like. This is the stories that are in my heart. And and thus, you know, it's been it's been great. And I completely did this independently, um, but I've been able to play, you know, like the South Point Casino in Las Vegas. I've been able to to to, to play some really pretty awesome places, um, and to be able to do you it. Completely. Are you playing now? Like, are you playing? Do you play now a lot? Oh well, I mean, I haven't been I haven't played, but I just recently wrote a song, and I'm I'm talking with a good buddy of mine 
to, I'm going to be heading out. I think I'm going to be laying down another EP. I, mean, I don't think, I know I'm going to be laying down another EP here in October. So there's some go. new music that's going to come out. And, and I have to say, this is not about me like trying to make money on something, but sometimes just like that, that Luke Skywalker that's behind you guys, I like to hold on to these things like they're my own little treasures. That Absolutely. something it's something that I've created. It's something that I love, and I don't think I'll ever stop doing it. I Jacob, like, where it. were you born? So I grew up in Washington State on that ranch. I told you, you about born in Washington State. Yep, up in the Northwest, and then L.A., South Carolina, you know, uh, uh, Southern California, then New York, then back to Southern California. Then I bought a place in Utah about seven years ago and then sold that place. And now here I am in South Carolina. Are you happy uh, in South Carolina? You like it? You know, it's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. I'm, I like the people in Charleston, but um, I think ultimately, cause I've got three kids and three dogs um, just like that little, little cutester that you have in your, yeah. Uh, three also. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good number. Uh, and so I'm, uh, I, I think we're, we're going to settle, uh, probably in Eastern Tennessee, this, this coming. Everybody's you know, going to Tennessee. What the hell is it with Tennessee? Uh, it's, it's, it's fabulous. And though. cheap living. You could buy a house reasonable. Reasonable, but also reasonably close to a lot of cool places. So a quick little flight, as long as you have an airport that's close to you. And as much as I fly, you know, for work, it's nice to have something that's convenient. And I mean that in like, you know, you know, when you have to make a connection no matter what it's nice to start at a small airport and then yeah. get connected through the big system right. yes and then you don't have to be you know going through tsa in atlanta or tsa at jfk right, right off the bat uh -huh. i agree i agree with so that you too. think you're gonna like tennessee me i mean i've been to tennessee a lot it's a little hickey for me i'm born in brooklyn i'm a new yorker sure. so tennessee to me is like the moon you know it's hickey well, you know, I, I actually, I do think, cause I, I do like a little, a little spot to, uh, you know, that is, you know, it's not right next to a neighbor, have some acreage and a little bit of space and, and have my dogs run. And, you know, right. I, now I've got three kids and, and, you know, one, one is getting ready to go into high school this next year. And I got two daughters. So I like that idea as much as they may not like that idea. Um, I know I didn't like it so much when I was a kid, but because of that, it's made me want to go back to that. So I hopefully one day they'll go. I like that idea too, that principle of being close as a family and, um, you know, not uh, being too congested, but I do love New York. I do love the city. That's always been something that I've, I've loved ever since I, I started in this crazy business. I loved old New York, my New York of yesteryear, New York today, not, not New York anymore. New York used to be the biggest little city in the world. Now it's just a big mess of people. Back in my day, we knew each other. Everybody knew everybody. Imagine with the millions of people, we all knew each other because <laughs> we spoke to each other on the subway, in the streets, parties at everybody's house. Everybody had a party. People socialized back in my day. We used to have rent parties. It's, it's, it's not the same New York right now. I have no, to say. Jack couldn't afford his rent, which was $21 a month. We'd all go to his apartment, give him a dollar, and we drank beer and had popcorn. There was always a piano there. Somebody would sing. Uh, the only thing is that I think we all died from cancer because of the smoking. 
everybody smoked in a room five by five. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. We're packed in like sardines, smoking, blowing it in each other's faces. How I'm alive, I'll never. Yeah. Well, when I first moved to New York, they were still smoking inside, uh, you know, bars and 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 clubs, of course. Oh, when I did nightclubs, I told them, 15 feet away, the smokers, I will not have smokers. I couldn't work. I would get, I have sinuses. And sometimes, and you don't know this, Jimmy, the nightclubs back in the 50s got so full of smoke. I mean, you couldn't see the people. And it would affect your voice. And I used to sing in those days. Yeah, no, absolutely. So are any of your children interested in, in, in pursuing an entertainment career? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, you know, my son and one of my daughters, but I've always been on that fence where I really want them to be able to, you know, finish school or at least really know and be 100% sure that this is something they want to pursue. Because there's a lot, that's a lot of stress on a, a, a kid you know, even if they're enjoying it, they're still, you know, they're putting themselves through the paces plus they're doing school. So I just really want for them. I just really want to hear from them. And the, and my one daughter who, uh, if you guys go on my Instagram every once in a while, we sing together. She's a, a light and she's definitely probably going to be able to do whatever she wants to do. Um, you know, God bless her. She's amazing. Uh, so, so yeah. So I think, uh, Molly, my daughter, Molly is probably going to pursue in her dad's footsteps. Do you encourage it? I I can encourage the artistic aspect of it, but I don't encourage it to be a professional career for them. I, I, I really, again, I'd love to, for them to make that decision, go, this is how I want to make my money. Um, and I think working with so many kids, I have to be honest, 100% honest about this. I've worked with so many kids over the years and I've worked with hellacious parents that are not very kind to their kids uh, and saying, you, you fucked this one up. You messed it up. I've seen this happen. I've seen seen that too. And, and I, and I just, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on such a impressionable person. Uh, They got their whole life to live and decide that, um, that's not my, ultimately, it's not my decision. I want them to find that for themselves. But I, I think she's going to be a star. I think she really has the ability to be anything she wants to be. I like love that. Well, I my, think that's my, cool. my daughter, Deirdre, was an actress. And after being in the business for like five years, she said, no more. I can't deal with those nutty people, she said. I can't deal with the liars, the bullshit artists, the egotistical people. She wants to be with real people, you know. And I don't know why they don't think we're real people. Do you think we're real people? <laughs> well, I think I'm pretty real. <laughs> I said to her, Deirdre, what's fake about me? I tell it like it is. She said, oh, not you, Daddy. But all those bitches I have to work with, all the glamour girls who fight each other, you know, they think who's prettier, who's smarter. I said, but isn't that in every field? Well, true. Even if you're working in an office, there's always the tomato, the chicken meat at the water cooler with the big boobs. So hang on. I want to go back. Okay. So two mm. other things, and then I want to ask my typical question I like to ask all the actors. But number one, you did a couple episodes of The Walking Dead, which I was a huge fan for the first like many, many seasons. I kind of like didn't watch the last seasons because it kind of just got away from me. And, I, uh, and and we have new guests on every week, and I have to watch whatever they are on. What <laughs> so is, I don't what, have time. What, but how was it in The Walking Dead? I mean, you, it's a great show. Were you a zombie? Oh, no, no. That's always the first question people ask. Um, no, uh, I wasn't. No. So, yeah, I played I played a, uh, a civilization that has been basically paralleling 
the main characters, but just on another area, we were called the Reapers, which were a very militant group. Um, and you know, because of the because of COVID, they decided to incorporate and make this like last season this four part episode, episode, you know, four parts of uh, the stories. Uh, it was it was it was a huge huge season. So we were part of the first nine episodes, something like that. Um, and it was it was it was great because I was a fan also for the first few seasons. Um, I'm kind of horrible about TV series because I'll get hooked up on a TV show and I'm really, I guess, because the reason why I don't stay with them is because I really like sort of a mini series idea where there's a start and finish. I love movies as a movie producer. I like to see everything in beginning and finish and not have to think about it again um, or, or have to go back to it every week. So I'm really bad with TV series in that way, but, um, but I always love the show. And I had told my wife, I said, if there's any auditions that ever come up for Walking Dead, I am going after this as hard as I possibly can. And lo and behold, I ended up getting on a couple episodes of the show. And um, it was it was just a blast. You know, I I'd never worked on a TV series that had such a massive budget. And just everything that was around you was like Disneyland for actors. It was it was <laughs> no, it was unreal. I, just unreal from, you know, just you name it from the as multiple cameras, five cameras going at once and having drones in the sky, every single shot. It was, um, okay, everybody so was, what kind of food did they put out? Oh yeah. Well, that was the great thing. The food was Junk food, like we got. Well, yeah. Yeah. No craft services was always there, but like I'd show up because we were always doing night shoots. Right. So I'd show up and they'd be like, so do you want to, you want some breakfast or whatever they wanted to call it at that hour? Cause it was in the evening, but we were starting our shift and they would have everything. If you wanted, if you wanted some sort of health smoothie that was available, if you wanted a burger, they'd make it for you. They had a full grill. And then they had all of like, well, it's taco day. So you can go in and have Mexican food too. And then when you have dinner, you know, they literally, you can just literally order everything. You go, I want the smorgasbord. Uh, because once you're on set, they would bust you into set and then you're there the rest of the time. So they're like, literally check the boxes of things you want and we'll just give it to you. So are you the guys, were you guys, you, you're part of the group of the people that wore the dead skin masks and they were alive underneath it. Exactly. Yes. Oh, I have to go back and why I watched the beginning of that, but I didn't I have to go back and watch it now just to see uh, how that all like worked out in there. Cause I, I, when the walking dead came out, we had a whole bunch, we had Michael Rooker. We had a whole bunch of people come on at the very, from the first couple seasons. Right. Uh, Norman Reedus, we had everybody. Norman was awesome. Like I worked, you know, we worked directly with Norman almost the entire time because we, the Reapers had taken him in. And so we had him on set every day. And, uh, you know, he's such an interesting cat, right? He's, you know, he, he's so, such a nice guy, but he would sit there like, and he'd just roll cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. I just thought that was so enjoyable to sit this, sit right next to this guy, watch him roll this cigarette and then ask questions. And then he would get into like things about outer space and like you, you name it. It was just, I was like, wow, you're, you know, you're, you're actually a, a cool guy. Like uh, he's cool. Yeah. The way, I, the way the Jimmy star show uh, before Ron came on it, the way I started, it was show, a bomb before I came uh, on. No, it wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the way I built the show, I used to be a celebrity clothing designer. I had a bunch of stores in Florida and I would go to the conventions and I would take all my clothes and give it to all of them. I would like meet them and they'd come to my room and I would give them clothes as long as I could take pictures of them wearing it. Yeah. And everything. 
So that's how that's how we got all the famous Lance Henriksen and Malcolm McDowell. We got all these people on the show right off the bat, you know, when we first started. Oh, and, that's awesome. Well, that's uh, that's a great way. And so he, he, his show had an attendance of like a million people. The YMCA. No, it's not true. And that was it. When I came <laughs> on, five million people came on. Oh, I don't know why. Anyway. So also, you did another movie called Psycho Granny. I only bring it up because look, Astro fell asleep. Because Caroline Williams uh, was one of my, a good friend of mine, and she used to be. I'm a publicist. Yeah. She was one of my clients, seen, Caroline how Williams. Is she? We haven't and seen her. In she's a long great. Time. I, I follow her on Instagram. But she was in Psycho seen. Granny. I don't watch that many of like I don't know if that was Lifetime or Hallmark, but but it was, it was actually Lifetime. a movie. It was actually a pretty good movie, though. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that was like I yeah, so. My dear friend Paul Ruddy, who's a, who's a casting director, has cast over a thousand of these Lifetime, Hallmark, and everything under the sun. And uh, they had somebody had dropped off, and he said, "Hey, would you be willing to fill in for this role?" And I was like, "Paul, for you, whatever, I don't care." Um, and uh, Matthew Lawrence, Joey Lawrence's brother, was working, yeah. and um, and you know, I mean, like I'd known Matthew when we were kids and things like that. And uh, I ended up, I showed up to set, had a great time, and I guess. Everybody else was having a, an incredible time too with me being there, um, and ultimately they said, "Well, we, this guy should have starred in the movie." <laughs> it was a, it was a fun movie though. I only really, I didn't know you were in it back then. Uh, I only we only watched it because Caroline because Caroline Williams was my client and she's from Texas oh, Chainsaw in, Massacre too. Oh yeah. yeah. What did you play? Um, oh, I I was just playing. I was playing the uh, the no, architect, yeah, I think, yeah, the architect dropping no, out no, some blueprint. It's a different movie. This is not not Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. On top, of I that. hate those movies. You know, I'm in them. I'm in so many horror movies, and I don't watch them because I don't like them. I don't like anything that's negative or chopping up or blood or scary. I just think it's trash. It's not even scary. It's just I horror. love them. I so I, I, I don't them. watch. So yeah, I, I've got. To, I'm with you, Ron, on this one because I don't like slasher films. No, I like I don't suspense thrillers. But slasher films sometimes I find a little bit too gratuitous. I'm like, oh, I don't know if we need to see that. Yeah. Oh, I, I the, love the, it. The, the so, last one that I threw up from was a person walks down a foyer and they stuck what are they a shovel in their face and their throat or something? What was it? I don't know. And I was oh, he doesn't like them though. I love them. I watch no, them. I watch I, them while I'm working. I, I like. So here's well, the thing. there there is an audience and it's an audience. Oh, huge. audience. Huge. I just I'm must a, have a weak I'm stomach. From the classic film days. How do you feel about? Warner Brothers, nineteen forty-five. Oh, I mean, I love, I love the old studio system. I love the old. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want that on my on myself, but I, I'm a big fan, as you can see, of of of, of TV film, especially old old movies. And um, you know, I I just I love old Warner Brothers, Paramount, um, all the old, all, all, all yes. the old stuff. Yeah, they're not really old. Lauren Bacall said to me, Ron, a movie's only old after you've seen it. So if you have not seen a movie, it's not an old movie. And That's I agree true. with Lauren. That's brand new. You know who Lauren Bacall is? Of course. Oh, you do. Well, a lot of people don't. A lot of people well, don't. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also, you know, I, I started at seventeen. I'm, I'm gonna, I just turned forty-three on September tenth. Oh yeah, happy birthday! Three days ago. Yeah, happy birthday! Related birthday. You're still a baby. You know, you're a little. So here's what I like to ask people. All right, so, and yours is going to be a like a threefold question because we can add music into it. Um, okay, bucket list, male and female actor that you haven't had an opportunity to work with that you would love to work with. Then if you could have ever been in any movie ever made, and the bucket list, they could be alive or dead. And then uh, any movie that's ever been made, what movie would you have liked to have been in? And then since you're a musician, the third part of the question will be, if you were able to go on tour with anybody, who would you like to go on tour with? Okay, yeah. 
You um, can answer any order you want. Yeah. So, so I, I, movie that I could have been in and starred in, obviously, as as an actor that you know, it, East of Eden. I would have loved to have been the Jimmy Dean role, of course, in East oh, of wow, Eden. That's, that's that so, was, uh, it was such an epic film. You look uh, like the character. The character. Your description. Yeah, you could have fit the character. That that would have been one, and then actors that I would I haven't been able to work with that I would have loved to work with, um, Robert Redford, yeah, um, definitely, you know, because he's still one of those great movie stars, um, and that would be a pretty awesome experience to be able to work with him. Clint Eastwood too, uh, I would have to put him right in there, um, and then. Uh, as far as somebody that I could go on tour with and I oh, female. give us a female who, what's a, oh, female? a female. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't say Meryl Streep. <laughs> trust me. I won't. Oh, good. <laughs> we hate it when everybody says Meryl Streep. We're like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the best. Oh gosh. You know, the, oh God, I, it's such always a hard comp. You know, it's it's because then I feel like I'm like squeezing somebody out of the oh, deal. Let me say something now. Take more than one. Wait, if you were to make a movie with uh, Clarice and oh, Charlize, uh, Charlize, yeah, and both of you have to be in bed nude, kissing and making love, does your wife get upset? <laughs> I, you know, she doesn't love it. <laughs> But how do you feel about making love to Shirley's? I love Shirley's. You know this, you know this, Ron. You've got you got 40 crew members that are hanging around smoking cigarettes, you know, scratching their nutsack. And like you go, you're going like, hey, I'm trying to do a love scene here. So it's always a weird thing, no matter what. So that's uh so that's never uh you know, so that for me it's it's just so formula to yes. do that like you really i'm gonna put my hand here this is what's gonna happen scene in a bed with anybody but if i made a movie with robert redford i would like to do a love scene in bed with him he likes jason statham <laughs> no robert redford ain't great either yeah i like but robert I, redford that's more um, my speed okay so wait what's a female that you'd like to work with uh how about elizabeth taylor yeah oh he I knew know. her i knew elizabeth. He, were, he did some stuff with her yeah, elizabeth, yeah. She, elizabeth was a girl she was never a woman. She was a girl, always a girl. She spoke like a girl. She looked like a girl. She behaved like a girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. Natalie, so I'd say Natalie Portman if we were going to do something. Oh, oh that's, that's a good my one. other one. Now, that's a good pick. I love her. For a modern day person, oh, I think she she's is fabulous. some hell of an actress, that Portman. Yeah. Boy, oh, she would give you a run for the money. You oh, really yeah. have to work your ass off to keep up with her. She's a great actress. Natalie Portman, I'm crazy about her. You know All right, band. Let's go. We're going on tour. Jacob Young is going on tour. Who's he going on tour with? Uh, well, you know, I don't know if you guys will know this guy, but he's one of my favorite country artists. He's probably the biggest indie country artist on the planet. Uh, because he did it his way and he's he has all his own studios and all of his own he does everything himself. Uh Cody Jinx. Uh, because yes. I, you know, I'm a Ooh. country music guy. Cody Jinx. Jinx. Uh, that's a good one. That's a, I, I like that one. I, I don't listen to a ton of country music, even though actually we have a country guy coming on after you. Um, so it's just well, ask him about Cody Jinx if he knows who Cody Jinx is. And uh, but I, I, think I don't know fun. who he is. I, I, I like Patsy Klein. Patsy, Patsy Klein. Yes. Patsy Klein. 
<laughs> we don't listen to tons of country. I don't do country. I like Rascal Flats. I love Johnny Mantis and Peggy Lee. They're my favorite people. Yeah. Great now, music. No I love I know oh, Johnny Mathis is his absolute like. And I had favorite. the pleasure of meeting Johnny three times, and I adore him. He's the sweetest, kindest, most gentle person I've met. He's unpretentious. He's not as unassuming. He's just a regular Joe. Yeah. You ever met Johnny Mathis? I didn't. I have not. I never met Johnny Mathis. I hope you do. One day. They're asking me questions about the guitar in the back. Is the guitar? Is that the guitar you use all the time? Uh, that is, yeah. That's uh, you know, this is what I write music on. Uh, it's a hummingbird. It's a Gibson hummingbird. It's my, uh, it's my baby. That's my baby. Now you sing country. I sing everything, but like, but I write country music, and that's you know where I've really kind of put my focus in because that's what's true comes out of my heart. Actually, who told you you could sing? <laughs> no, really, I didn't, no, I didn't mean. No, I didn't mean that facetiously. When I, I, I let me restructure it. Who told you you could sing and should? Uh, it was my mom. Okay, um, and I think she heard me singing something when I was fairly young. I mean, I had I was always involved in any kind of choir and things like that. But she had heard me singing maybe a show tune, and she and I didn't know she was in the room. And I turned around and she w was crying. Oh, I said, really? I said, what's wrong? That's nice. She goes, she goes, that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. Oh, that's beautiful. And so she was really my champion my entire career as far as believing in my father was like, you're wasting your time. You know, it's not a career that you can follow. It's not something that's real. And, and that's just what it was. And I understand because he came from a different, you know, kind of family. And, you know, if you weren't, you know, putting, you know, the blue collar on and blood, sweat, and tears. It wasn't a realistic goal. Yeah, my, my father wanted me to be a union delegate like him. And I said, I'm not going to be in the mafia. <laughs> no. Your wife, now you've referred to, referred to, that opened the door. Is she uh, a singer, an actress? Was she? So my wife was, she, she was a model in New York city. Okay. Uh, she was living in New York when I met her. What was she, her modeling name? It was uh, her, her modeling name. Yeah. Her modeling name. Uh, her name Kristen Stewart, but she was a, so she was a guest swimwear model and she was also, uh, uh, she did it, which was, I think was the best job of all time. She was a fit model for Victoria's secret. So she would right. literally go in try on Yves Saint Laurent or she'd try on Gucci or put any of these like, very famous brands on and they would photograph it and then just do a ripoff of that based upon the fit and right. they're all going in the chat room they're all saying i knew it his wife is gorgeous which a fit model listen, is a good job listen handsome she was man. making great money i couldn't believe i was like how much they pay you for this a lot yes. of money yeah. i know a lot of new york models because i, I a lot of my except the in a ball talk sarah tom these are models that were the biggest models in the 19 late fifties and sixties. So I I'm very familiar with modeling, but handsome men like us always get good looking people. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> not all the time, but sometimes we hook you up with really beautiful people, but then we make mistakes. 
Just loan me the three thousand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so hold on. I'll send you twenty five dollars a month till I pay. Hang you on, because we only have two minutes. So I oh. want to tell everybody. So you guys, this is Jacob Young. Uh, he's going to have a new album. What what music do you have out now? We should send people to go and and. Uh, yeah. So anything, you know, anything you just, you know, you can find any of my music on any of the platforms. They're all over everywhere. Spotify, Apple, um, you know, some of my favorite songs that I've done over the years is uh, Fool for You, Better Than a Love Song, uh, American Way, just just to, just to name a few of the songs I've recently done. But right now I'm getting ready to to put out a couple, a few more on an EP. That's OK. My, when you, we'll bring last, you back and we'll promote the EP. Here's you, my last question. Here's my last question. It may open a door for you. Do you want to go back on Broadway? Yes. So there you are, producers. If you're out there looking at it, get him back on Broadway. We'd all love to see him on the boards again. There we go. I love it. I'd love all right, guys, follow, follow Jacob on Instagram at Jacob underscore W underscore Young. We want to thank you for coming. Also, when do people? How do people hear your podcast? Because I know you've got a great podcast. Also, yeah. how do they hear it? Real Conversations with Jacob Young. We're at our 100th episode already. Um, and uh, last week was the Barry Williams, or Barry Williams, of course, Greg Brady from the Brady Bunch. This week, um, a controversial episode with Lilo Brancato from A Bronx Tale. Of course, yes. we know his story from, uh, uh, you know, he, he was working on The Sopranos. And of course, his addiction led him to prison. So that's a very, uh, very interesting story. If anybody wants to tune into that, that's available right now. But you can find that anywhere and everywhere that you listen to your podcasts. So there you go. Love it. So Terrific. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're, you're we a had great a great guy. time. Your and... wife is very lucky to have a sweetheart like you. Well, I don't know you. what she's like. I mean, she could be not a nice person. Is she nice <laughs> <to her? laughs> she's a great person. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're lucky also. Yeah, you I sure, are. I sure am, sir. Hey. And Jacob, stay safe, stay well. We'll see you once again. Yeah, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Ron. Bye. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Really Thanks, Jacob. Bye. Everybody, check it out. Jacob Young, he's Good fabulous. Night. All right, we'll see you soon. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick music break. We're going to play Jacob Young, loving it. Um, so you guys can hear one of his songs. I don't know if he likes this one or not. It was one I was able to grab off of YouTube, and I don't think we'll have a problem. So please enjoy Jacob Young, loving it. And when we come back, we're going to come back with Eric Lacombe, our next guest. Aaron Lacombe, our next guest. Hello, Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell listeners. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, said she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food! What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for our dogs Shazam, Astro, and Brandy. We are noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat, just looking and acting younger. They love it. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to BadlandsFood.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D 
L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron. It's been five days since I've seen your face. You're all I'm thinking about sitting here on this plane. Girl, it's killing me. 40,000 feet. Just one kiss would put me out of my misery. I'm loving it. I'm loving your loving me. I'm loving it. I'm loving your loving me. I'm on the runway. I'm going crazy. I can almost taste your pretty lips and Chardonnay. Feel your body touch me softly. No girl, I can't wait for you to put it on me. I'm loving it. I'm loving your loving me. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving your loving me. See the bedroom lights Girl, I'm finally home I'm making love to you tonight And I'm loving it I'm loving your loving, babe Oh, I'm loving it I'm loving your Jacob Young, loving it. Now we're going to bring on our next guest. Hopefully everything is good and we can see him well. Let's go ahead and bring him in, Juan. Hey, Aaron, how are you? Hey, guys. Good. How are y'all? Oh, good. I can hear you well. Like Pretty trees in the background you got there. Thank you. I'm actually at a vineyard slash restaurant slash my gig this afternoon. I know you have a gig at 4 o'clock, right? Your time. Yep. Oh, that's good. I was wondering how you were going to get there so quick, but you're already there. That's perfect. Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, we pronounce it Lacombe, right? That's correct. 
All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Austin based singer, songwriter, country superstar, Aaron Lacombe. Hello and welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And we just had Jacob Young on before, and he also, well, he's not actually known as a singer, he's an actor, uh, but he is mm-hmm. a country singer also. So we're all in a country mood. Let me introduce you to my cool, outrageous man about town co host, Ron Russell. Hey, Ron. How much wine have you had so far? Zero today, but that's going to change within minutes of me getting off of this. <laughs> I would have preferred a little loaded. Maybe, you know, I barely had time to get here and get set up. Otherwise, I would have. People loosen up when they have a couple. <laughs> so we I don't have think that's going to be a problem. We have a chat room full of people, so say hi to everybody in the chat room. Oh, hey, everybody. I've been hey. watching the comments through the last little bit of, of John's interview and all that. It's been pretty fun. Yeah, it comes through pretty. It comes through pretty quick, anyway. So Where are you? I am in uh, Hunt, Texas, which is Texas? two hours. Yeah, southwest of Austin. Hunt, Texas. Never heard of it. Okay, what is it up there? It's tiny. It's um, it's like what we call it's ranch? what we call the hill country of Texas. Yeah. Would it be old ranches? Uh, there's a lot of old ranches. There's a the river comes right through here, so a lot of river uh, properties. I like that. So first of all, you guys, uh, Aaron's Instagram, you can follow him on Instagram. It's Aaron Lacombe Music, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-C-O-M-B-E-M-U-S-I-C. And his uh, Twitter is Eric Aaron Lacombe 1. And his website is AaronLacombe.com. Um, and so uh, I want to talk first of all. I know you have a Actually, I, so I read all about you today. I know you have, five, I think, five albums, right? You have a That's new right, one yeah. that came out called Breaking Ground. But before we talk about that, uh, I tried to download Uncle Carl, but they wouldn't let me do it. But I want to just talk about Uncle Carl because I actually cried in the video. <laughs> I thought it was freaking awesome. He has an, uh, a video, you guys, and it's a Christmas song, and it's called Uncle Carl. And basically, it's a song about a family who goes together for Christmas, and Uncle Carl comes out at Christmas dinner and uh, uh, unless the comes family out comes out being gay to the family, of everybody in the family. And it is the most touching song I'm not a huge, I mean, I don't sit around and listen to country music, but it's a viral video, you guys. It's got like a ton of views on it and it's a the most beautiful story. So I want to like, just kind of like hear a little bit about from you, you know, about Uncle Carl and the fact that you're a country singer who usually, they don't usually like, you know, delve into gay topics. And so that you're, you know, that you're LGBTQ friendly and that you wrote a song. And is it a true song or is this just a cool song that you thought would be fun to write? There's some truth to it. So a friend of mine um, asked me to participate in a Christmas songwriting contest, which if you listen to my music at all, you'll figure out real quick that's not a great idea. I'm not the kind of person that's going to write like Joy to the World or something, you know. <laughs> so so um, I have had several instances sort of like this happen in my life. I have a sister who um, is a lesbian and and she's a half sister of my shocking. <laughs> my whole sister and I, uh, we knew that she was a lesbian for a long time and, and, you know, but she took her time coming to terms with it and coming out. And then when she finally told my dad, my dad had a hard time at first, but then, you know, eventually worked it out. Um, you know, right wing religious guy a lot of no, times, but you, you get, to accept no matter what. Yeah, for sure. Especially when it, when you're not seeing it coming. And then also I had um, uh, my girlfriend, 
her um, husband of many years um, turned out to be gay. And um, I was sort of around for some of the, the back half of all that stuff. You know, they have kids and stuff. And, um, and you know, um, just, just the influence of those two things in my life kind of gave me the material to, to start working for that, with that song. And, and I just wanted to, just wanted to make people uncomfortable, I guess. And it was, a you know, because country music really doesn't allow for that sort of topic a whole lot. As a matter of fact, there's been some, certainly some opportunities I've missed out on because people sort of view that as. I ask you that question. What yeah. Kind of- what kind of a turnout did you get from this song? Well, the night I, I played it at the contest, it came in dead last, which um, I wasn't really expecting it to do much. and tables at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, especially where I was at. But um, a girl came up to me afterwards, and, and she was crying, and she just said that was the most beautiful song I've, I've heard. And, and that meant a lot more to me than winning any contest did. And um, so... I recorded it, and then about a year later, I played it for somebody who was in a position to give me some money to make the video for it, and we did, and that's when things really kind of took off, and I get messages about it. Even this time of year, I get a couple messages a month about it. And um, I think it's the most beautiful video. I haven't heard it's it It's funny because... I have not heard it and, yet. And, and Jimmy's going to play it? No, we can't play it because I couldn't download it. That's why I'm talking about it. Everybody, all you guys got to do is go to YouTube and plug in Aaron Lacombe and then uh, Uncle Carl with a C. Carlos with a C. And it's funny because I was going to... Until I watched the whole... I had watched part of it before, but I actually watched the whole thing twice today. Um, and Because I wasn't sure which one was Uncle Carl until the very end, but I had never watched it all the way to the end. And so when I watched mm-hmm. it all the way to the end... You know, then they they let you know which one of the two is Uncle Carl, and everything works out. And it, it's such a beautiful. It was just a beautiful. Was there was there really an Uncle Carl in your life? No, I I chose the name Carl because I wanted that alliteration with the word Christmas, um, and I also chose it because there was no Carl in my life. And but come to find out, years later, my dad um, told me that he had a great. Uh, cousin or something like that named carl who came out during the holidays um oh, so i didn't so know about it. Like that. that's funny how cool is that though that it actually like happened in real life then i think that's cool yeah and it's funny most of what i hear from people about it is that they have the exact same sort of situation in their family you know something similar happened and um you know, it's it's just really neat how it struck a chord and, and seems to have it annoys all the right people and it, it brings a smile to all the right people's faces. <laughs> it annoys all well, the right people. Yeah. I love it. Well my father, when my father found out I was gay, he was good about it. He said, I'd rather see you dead in a grave than be gay. And I thought that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my family didn't handle it well either. Yeah, I, I thought uh, you right. would know everything to say to your son. That's which is terrible. Okay, so yeah. everybody check out Uncle Carl. All you got to do is go on to uh, YouTube and plug in Uncle Carl and Aaron Lacombe, and uh, you can see it. And I think you'll really, really enjoy it. It was really, really great. Uh, Don Hinton, who's in the chat room now, told me that you know that she watched it earlier. She sent me a message saying, "Hey, have you seen this guy's song, Uncle Carl?" And and uh, and I said, "Yes, it was a great song." So congratulations on it. I think it's terrific. Um, Thank you. Uh, so how, so I also read in one of your bios that basically you became a country singer after going, your dad took you when you were young, took you to a Lyle Lovett concert, which I've never, I've never heard a Lyle Lovett song. I know who he is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but basically that you like the storytelling. Cause I listen to a lot of your songs and all your songs tell a story. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where it's at for me. When I was in high school, I had hair down to my butt and I was in a metal band and, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can believe it. I, I mean, I grew up outside of Detroit. So, um, but so I've always kind of written and played music, but it's just really hard to tell a story in a metal song, you know? Um, and I, I'll never forget at that Lyle Lovett concert, it was, he, w- he was just telling, he was, it was just him and his guitar singing this song. And it was so quiet between his little, between the words he was saying and everybody was paying attention. That just seemed so powerful to me. I like love it. And I think one thing that's very cool about you, from what I got, and I might be wrong, but you're actually a full-time musician. Like you support yourself as a musician. So you're not working yeah. work as a waiter, you know, half the week to make sure you can keep it all going. So number one, I want to say kudos because for an indie musician to do well enough to actually, you know, play enough shows and sell enough music to be able to support themselves is a big kudos because, you know, there's millions of people trying to do it and not many of them are actually doing it. So number one, that's cool. It also is a great, reflection on you and, and what you do and how good the music has to actually be because otherwise you wouldn't be doing that in the first place oh thanks i mean it, it's a scary thing at first to go from playing covers of jimmy buffett songs for you know 60 bucks and five beers on sixth <laughs> street in austin when you when you decide you're just going to play your own music it's it's kind of crickets for a little while you have to work your way back to um people wanting to hear that and people knowing your songs and to be honest Uncle Carl helped a lot. I mean, the, the, with all the traction that that video got, it's it's really, I can't tell you how many times I hear in messages, I don't really like country music, but I heard Uncle Carl and now I have all your albums. Yeah, see, that's a fabulous thing. And you live in Austin, right? Like Austin is like the music capital of the world, practically. Now. I live outside of Austin. I'm about an hour and a half west of Austin. Oh, um, okay. Which is right where I want to be. Austin's great. It's not the best place in the world to make a living as a musician. Um, there's just a million of me there, you know? Right. right. That's why we live in Palm Springs. You know, we go to LA all the time for work and to do things, but like we, we live, right. we live an hour and a half out also. And it's, it's nice to be in the quiet, not in the action and go to the action as opposed to living in the action. Exactly. Um, Especially at, during a pandemic. Yeah. At what point in your life did you decide to be a country singer or to sing period? Well, so I started playing music in the sixth grade. Um, but like I said, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't country music. I can't really say when exactly that happened, but I remember when I realized it, I was on stage with a friend of mine and I was living in New Mexico. I'd, I'd moved down several years. I had a band and we were playing and, um, I always thought that I wrote rock and roll songs and I said something on stage to the effect of, this kind of sounds like a country song or I was introducing a song and my bass player, Blake leaned over to me and said, brother, I hate to tell you this, but all you write are country songs. <laughs> and, and he was right. I mean, and it's, it was kind of then that I accepted it. I like, love it. So also, because I would, I read your, I don't know if it was your, uh, I, I don't know. It was your a bio or uh, your media kit. Maybe I read something about you. Uh, and it talked about like when you play places, you know, you like to stay places that allow for a dog. We're big dog people, as you can see. One of our dogs is yeah, sitting this is here. Astro, our seven is Astro. Oh, cool. And he yeah. was barking, so he he fell asleep in my arms. He's been on the whole show. I want you to, <laughs> my arm is numb. I'm in pain, but he but he just won't leave me alone. So you like you're a dog person because you have a big dog in in in, in several pictures and what stuff. What kind of dog? 
He's a Great Dane. Um, I've I've had he's my third Great Dane now, and he and travels with me everywhere I go. He's about a hundred yards that way. Like this, this I like month. love that. I think that's the coolest thing ever. And oh, so he's big. How big is he? Yeah, big, uh, big. he's 160 pounds. He's he's yeah. a big dog. Shit, that's uh, huge. We have a 135 pound uh, fila Brazilian uh, mastiff. Brazilian mastiff fila. We oh, stand wow. six feet tall. He's six foot tall with a big head. Your dog has a huge head too. Yep, that's and for sure. And his name is Shazam, and this one's called Astro. And we have oh, another cool. one there called Brandy. Brandy, we have three She's of them. She's a girl, Brandy. Yeah, we like love it. I think that's just super cool that you take your dog and like, I mean, you live like a country star. I mean, you're you're like the epitome of what I in my head I would see a country star yeah, doing. Do, do you drive a trailer? No, I have a a big van that I built out to um to accommodate the dog, and it's got a shower and a bed and everything in it. Oh, so when yeah. we're on the road, we can just. Oh, um, that's what do you call those? I didn't mean a trailer. Those big like Sean like uh like what's his name has the one that we were in in Pennsylvania. Oh, like, oh, a, like tour a tour bus. Oh, I know he's like talking about a tour what bus. What do you yeah. call tour bus? What a tour bus! A tour bus. Yeah, I, I do. It's just about a quarter of the size of most country okay. stars. We, uh, we were in Michael Damien's, and he had a two-story, two stories. Yeah, we yeah. Can you believe that? Oh, that's pretty cool. Kitchen. The thing was enormous. I like love it. Wow. So, okay, so hold on. I want to go back. Okay, so you've got five albums. Tell us a little bit. So the newest one is Breaking Ground, which I actually downloaded a video. Uh, off I wish of it. we could see the other um, one. Dream along with me. How come we can't see the uncle? Because I couldn't download it. YouTube won't let you download it. Couldn't he do it? Your song. Can no. you give it to us? No. <laughs> That's weird. I can send it to you, but uh, it'll take a while. Right now, yeah. right right now. now. But yeah. you should have known that. You would have sent it. No, I tried to. I tried to download. Uh, normally, you can download videos, but it wouldn't let me. But if he sent mm. it, would they still kick us off? Oh, oh, they might kick us off anyway. Do they kick us off if we <laughs> use it? Yeah, yeah. it's it's easy to piss them off. It's your song. And you give us permission to play it, and then they kick us off. But I want to play the song because they said this is a great song. Dream along with Dream along with me, right? That's that's oh, off cool. the new album. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told that was one of the best songs anyway. And there's a video because it let me download it. So what I want to do is have you introduce it, say who you are, and this is your new song. And then Juan, you're going to play it, and then we'll come back and talk after everybody gets to hear you. Sounds great. Well, I'm Aaron Lacombe, and this is my new tune, Dream Along with Me. Wait a minute. She closes her eyes She sees a house along the Guadalupe River With two chairs in the grass out by the fire And when I close my eyes I'm sitting right there with her Family gathered around at supper time At a table long enough to feed an army Sundays with the grandkids to ourselves We ain't ever gonna give them back now, are we? Our dreams may be far-fetched But farther down the road than we'd like them to be What good is a dream that's right in front of us? Honey, I know better than to think anything in this whole world. 
Breaking ground. Congratulations, everybody in the chat room loved it. Listen, Aaron, awesome. Aaron, yes, sir. Do you have a guitar handy? Uh no, it's on stage about mm, fifty I yards from me. You have to have played for us, Uncle Carl. We <laughs> <laughs> at least could have heard the lyrics. And you know I what? We, listen, we have five million people that watch the show. We could have sold that friggin' song to like <laughs> even two million. Well, we'll just we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, we'll do it again and have you come back and do Uncle Carl because we like really. Can you sing it a cappella? Oh, <laughs> why? You know, it's not 
spotlight. It's not really an acapella kind of song either. Well, it's I, got like I, I would have been the orchestra. Who's the guy? Who's the guy in the video who actually like has the guitar laying flat on his lap and he's picking at it? Like he was he was really cool. That is my buddy Tim McCaslin. I've been I've been playing with him for a whole bunch of years. He was a professor at the South Plains College of Music for I don't know however many years, a lot of years. I I really enjoyed him like a lot. I thought he was super cool. All right, so let's ask some questions. How about like uh, I always like to ask, and I asked this to uh, to Jacob earlier. So you're gonna go on tour. Um, let's say you're going on tour with you and three other bands. Who do you want to go on tour with? Bands or singers? Who do you want to go on tour with? Oh man. Uh, this is kind of easy for me. I would I would love to go on tour with James Taylor, Lyle Lovett, and Willie Nelson all at once. Oh my God! What a great James Taylor is one of Nelson. the greatest Didn't ever. Did he just pass away? No, no. Willie, no, I just Lyle, oh, oh, and Lyle Lovett is who who got you wanting to do country music, and James Taylor yep. is one of the best singer songwriters like ever ever. I've seen him in concerts. Absolutely, He's so amazing. So those are good picks. I actually like them all. I, I'm more familiar with James. I mean, I, everybody knows who who all those people are, but music wise, I know all James Taylor's songs. So I think right. that's like, you know really cool. And you're going. Um, uh, I, I went on AaronLacombe.com, you guys, which you can check it out. A A R O N L A C O M B E dot com. He's got a bunch of shows coming up. He's got actually the 16th. That's like what is today? Is a forte? That's in two days. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's got to go on the 16th and the 17th and the 23rd. Tell everybody, where are you going to be on the 16th and 17th, you know? Uh, no, not offhand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think – oh, yeah. Okay, so the 16th is at the at the Arcadia in Kerrville. It's a, it's a really nice new theater. Well, it's actually um, been around since the 20s, but they recently remodeled it. And then I'm up in Georgetown, Texas on Saturday. And then after that, man, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> – I look at it every couple of days and point the van in that direction. And that's where I go. Do you book your own shows or does somebody else book you? I mostly do my own booking. Yeah. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. I mean, I just think it's like really cool. So your music, it's on Spotify and all the different platforms for people to go to. I only went on YouTube. So yeah, any of those places, the normal spots, you can find it. Just type in Aaron Lacombe. And if you're looking for uncle Carl, really all you got to do is type uncle Carl into Google. It's gotten around so much. It comes up first. I'm going to listen to it after the show. You're going to yeah, love please it. Yeah, do. It's yeah. really fun. I like love it. All right, everybody. So this is Aaron Lacombe. Again, you can follow him on Instagram, Aaron Lacombe Music. Um, just make sure you put an E at the end of Lacombe. His, his website is AaronLacombe.com if you want to find out where he's going to be playing. He's also on Twitter, which I followed you today earlier. It's Aaron Lacombe with the number one at the end. Check out the video, Uncle Carl. He's got uh, one to five albums. One of them is called... Uh, Superman only better. I love that <laughs> title. Uh, this tar and these feathers. Pictures of ourselves and outside dog. And uh, the new one is called Breaking Ground. Um, check it all out. The song we just played was Dream Along with Me. I know you got a show. We want to thank you for coming on the show. We think oh, you're thank like you for having me. Fabulous. Well, I want to thank Barry. Uh, Barry Rogers, you guys, one of the coolest publicists in the world after me. And uh, <laughs> and uh, he's a great guy, and I uh, love him to death. And so we want to thank Barry for setting this up. I want to congratulate you on all the success you're having. I, I imagine you're going to have a lot more because the music's really good. And uh, well, thank Aaron, you very much, man. And if we didn't like it, we would just say, "Oh, good, you know, right. congratulations." So Aaron, Aaron have a good yes, show. Have a have thank a you very much. Have glasses of wine. All right, Aaron. Thank you so much. We'll I will. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. 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 Say bye. Say bye, Astro. Yeah, you guys. So, um, 
So that's fun, you guys. We're going to have a fun show, too, coming up. We still have 10 minutes. We're going to play one more music video because I want to play a music video. And uh, what we're going to play is... Let's let's put Astro uh, on TV. LFO. We're going to play LFO if I can't have you, you guys, because Astro, I love LFO. Astro, and hopefully we won't get banned from this. He gets shy on There's Astro. Oh, there he gets shy. He gets so everybody, we'll be right back. Check out. This is LFO, one of their very first singles. It's called If I Can't Have You. Enjoy, and we'll be right back. Yeah. It's a big world, for real. You probably think I'm out there being a player, huh? <laughs> but yo, if I can't have you, <laughs> then I don't want anybody. That's my word. So check it out. <laughs> Congratulations, no need to lie. You didn't mean it to my song when it's on, then it's on, and it's on.
Are we back? Yay, we're back, everybody. That was LFO. I love LFO. There's only one living member left. I'm trying to get him on the show. I haven't been able to do it yet, but we will get him eventually because we get everybody in. Now that we're the 11, number 11 celebrity interview show, maybe we can get And as get I him. said before, we could have been number one yeah. <laughs> if you weren't on the show. Um, but anyway, uh, it should be a lot of fun. It's all really good. Um, next week, too, we're going to have a fun show. We have uh, Harley and Katie Walling coming on next week to promote their new uh, new movie that we're actually going to the red carpet premiere for in two weeks. And then we have Hal Sparks coming on. I think you guys, most people know Hal Sparks. He's a comedian. He's been like a, He was in a Disney show. He was in Queer as Folk. He's been in a ton of great things. Hal was very big in Queer, Queer as Folk. He had a leading uh, role. Yeah, and he had an, he had another Disney show where he was like the the scientist person, and it was a really big right. show, like a hundred episodes. So it should be fun, and we're working on. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him, because we share a mutual friend, Taya Gill. Taya Gill played the lesbian in uh, Queer as. Oh yeah, that's right. The blonde. So it should be fun. We're yeah. gonna have Hal Sparks on uh, next week. Um, glad everybody in the chat room is having a good time. How's everybody like doing in the chat room? I think some people joined us, but uh, Dave from Stars Now UK joined us, but a lot of things went too fast by, so I didn't see it. But I'm glad everybody's enjoying the show. Hope you guys loved it. I think Jacob Young was a phenomenal guest, very open and talked about anything. Uh, and so that was fun. It's always fun to have that. What do you think? Uh, yeah. What do I think? Yeah, of course. Oh, look, they're saying the best in the world. Hey, Teresa Saban. Um, so, okay, so we have five minutes left to talk about something. Figure out what you want to talk about. What let's, do we got going on? Let's talk about something interesting, like you. me. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> that was a joke I used to do on stage years ago when I did nightclubs. I would say to the audience, oh, let's talk about something really interesting, like me. And it always got a big laugh. I don't know why, but it got a big laugh. Oh, Julia joined us. Hey, Julia. Julia's Who? in Russia. Julia. Oh, Julia's where? No, no, Julia. Julia. Our picture, though, look, it's much better this week. You can yeah, see Yeah, what us. happened to Julia? We haven't heard from her. Um, I don't know. I have to go check out her Instagram and see what yeah, she's doing. Yeah, say hi to Julia. Julia is from the group Expose. Expose. And Julia's been a friend of Jimmy's for so many years. And she's a darling girl. We love her. Absolutely. I have to check it all out. I'll see you guys. What's Joya's last name? I forgot. Joya Bruno. Joya Bruno. Wonderful Jose, who also had a hit song because of the Queer Folk soundtrack. Right. But Joya, not only... I, there's a record she did uh, of the James Bond song. For Your Eyes Only, For right? For Your Eyes Only. Phenomenal. Oh, I play it all the time. It's the most fabulous voice and singing. She's really quite a, a performer. That's Joya Bruno. Yes, hey, Joya, if you're watching, we like love if somebody Expose. that knows you is watching... Hi. We like love them all. It's all what? so much fun. I, I love them all. Um, I'm learning a script, folks. Mm. We, I think we shoot, am I allowed to say in January? Am I allowed to say it? I won't say what we're shooting, but we're shooting a very major movie in January. January 10th. January 10th, to be exact, in Nevada. Uh, it's going to be a feature film. And uh, I get to play with some pretty heavyweight people in this movie, which I'm excited about. And I'm producing it and putting and it Jimmy's all together. And producing it, right. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be a blast. Um, it's awesome. a good script. I read the, 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 of course I read the script, but the storyline is, it's really an interesting movie and it's going to be fast moving and exciting. Uh, I cannot tell you who I play yet. I'm not allowed, but I play somebody 
Uh, they asked if we're getting ready for Egypt. I don't think we're going to Egypt, you guys. Sorry. We're not going to Egypt? No. It's in a month. Oh, in a month? Jimmy, his knee can't go. I can't Egypt. really walk. Although you could look like the mummy. We could wrap Jimmy up in ribbons, and he could drag his leg like the mummy. Remember the mummy? He dragged his leg. We could go to Egypt. You could meet <laughs> yeah. King Tut. I could be the mummy. <laughs> we'll wrap you in bandages, you know, and twine. And you could drag your leg as you walk to the pyramids. No. I wanted to go so bad to this show. But I wanted to go to Italy first for a week and then fly. We'll go to Italy. Italy eventually once we get this next movie done. And then fly from Italy to Egypt. Yeah, there's just too much going on. Be but, between my knee and we're having work that's going to probably take the next yeah, three and or four I, and weeks. Yeah, and really, I have to really work on what I'm doing in this movie. So we really don't have time to. Um, Plus, we're putting together Ron's to movie Egypt. now. and. Yeah. And, uh, Which and, we hope to be and, shooting and my soon, werewolf movie. and that's going to be how how long of a shoot is my movie going to be? Probably thirty days, a, thir a month shoot, which is a lot of work, because we'll be working long hours for a month to get. You know, you see me do this all the time. I want you to know what I'm doing. I'm taking sand out of my earlobe. Can you believe that living in Palm Springs, the sand is so fine it flies in. I don't know how, and it goes in our earlobes. I'm not the only one. But other people have sand in their earlobes. I'm waiting for a cactus to grow out of my ear. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. We have a lot of sand here, though. A lot. We're in the middle of the Mojave. We're in the freaking desert. The Mojave desert. And when the wind blows, the sand just freaking comes and it's like flying fine, in the house. It's like fine dust. You can't even it's see It's everywhere it. in the you house. You could actually, literally, you could actually, like, vacuum and dust this house four times a day, and it would yep. still be there. Like, always a fine coat. There's always it. a coat of it. We hate it. Black, that and the sand is black. So it looks like dirt, but it's not. Um, so but anyway. So, so much for my sandy earlobes. Um, so everybody, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We want to thank our guest, Jacob Young and Aaron yes. Lacombe for coming on. Yes. We want to thank everybody in the chat room. You guys are the best supporters ever, and we're so happy yeah. to have you with us. And uh, we want to thank our engineer, Juan, who's doing a great job. And we'll be live again next week, everybody. So we'll see you next oh, wait, week. Before we go. Gotta and hurry. I tease Jimmy by saying I want to divorce, loan me 3000 bucks, and I say that the show, I would have been number one if he wasn't on the show. That's all in fun, folks. I love and adore him. I, I Anybody ever said a bad thing about him, I beat the shit out of them. But I do it because it's fun, and I know that you like, enjoy it. We get so much, so many fan mail things saying, oh, I love when you and Jimmy fight. So here you go. Listen, Jimmy. And Hub is there, too. Hey, Hub. Bye, Hub. Hey, Hub. I want you to kill Jimmy. I'll pay you $25,000. <laughs> yeah. Shoot him. He doesn't have, have $25,000 to do that. I certainly do. <laughs> they love us both. We love you, too, Teresa. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See, next week. see ya. So in the mix yeah we in the mix it's another episode here we go the jimmy star show with ron russell interviewing the hottest newest and truest of today's celebrities make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly jimmy star he's the king of cool ron russell he's a gorgeous dude chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the jimmy star show with ron russell come watch it live on w4cy radio miss some past episodes download on itunes the jimmy star show with ron russell it's the jimmy star show with Ron Russell.